Father, I want to thank you this morning, Lord, and praise you. I want to praise you for who you are, not who I am. I want to praise you and worship you this morning because of what you have done, not because of what I have done. Father, I want to thank you for this privilege this morning, Lord. And I ask that you would speak to me, that you would continue to speak to me. That every word that my brothers and sisters hear this morning, Father God, would be truly from you. I pray that you would knit this message together. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would guide every word. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would take control, that you would take over, that you would fill me. That you would fill this place. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill the hearts and minds of everyone here today. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I've been at Goldie's Church about 10 years now. And um, when I first came to Goldie's Church, I think it would be fair to say, in comparison, that I was a complete mess. Um, you know, and I, I, I can say that. Um, my life was overrun with addiction and mayhem and no sense of direction. Relationships, many relationships had broken down. Um, you know, to be really kind to myself, you know, you could say I was a, a right character and I had a lot going on, a lot of issues that needed to be ironed out. And as I started to grow as a, as a Christian, I never really got to grips with the Word of God straight away because for whatever reason, things didn't really jump out. There wasn't anything that I could really relate to. Until one day when I discovered a chap called Peter. And this apostle really spoke to me. We're going to talk a little bit about the Apostle Peter today and, and, and explore a little bit of his life and draw some, some application, how we can apply that to our lives from it. So I'm going to read the chapter again that I first started with. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed him. Turning around, Jesus saw them and asked, What do you want? This is the first... I was going to move on from this. You know, it was the text that's slightly further down that I wanted to concentrate on today. But that really spoke to me as I was studying in these scriptures last night. When Jesus says, what do you want? What are you following me for? And that really got me thinking. And that took me right back to them initial days where I think the only reason I came through that door was for things that I wanted was because I wanted Jesus, I wanted God to sort situations that I had in my life. Maybe employment situations and financial situations. 
It was not about having a, a relationship. It was not understanding about who Jesus is and what Jesus had sacrificed in order that I may be entitled to the promises that he offers, in, offer, offers us in the Word of God. So I just want you to think about that today. It's, I'm not going to ponder on that too long, but I just want you to think about that this morning. And it got me thinking way back then, and it gets me thinking again last night. What do you want from Jesus? Why are you here today? How is your relationship structured around what Jesus has done for you? Then they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and spent a day with him. It was about the tenth hour. As I said earlier, this is the, the main text that I just want to draw out today. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. I don't want to read any more from there, but what I want to pull from that is the fact that that was the um, first encounter that, that um, Peter had there with Jesus, where Jesus spoke to him, really his first introduction. Um, but when you read this text in comparison to the later scripture that we read, Peter doesn't appear to be blown away. The gravity of, of who he's just met and what's just happened, the fact that a plan... God's plan has kicked into place. The fact that Andrew has been used to introduce Peter to Jesus. The gravity of that has not yet kicked in. And I think that can often apply to our own lives. Sometimes we, or, or when we first come into faith, or when we first walk into the church, at first we, we understand who Jesus is, and we get to grips with a few things. But the gravity of our salvation, the gravity of what is on offer, never really kicks in until Jesus really works effectively in our lives. You see, God has a plan for each and every one of you. And a lot of these little moments leading up to where you are today were all key moments. Like this was a key moment here. This was a key moment when Andrew took it upon himself to call his brother. That was the first thing he'd done. He said, where's my brother? I want to introduce my brother to Jesus. And when Jesus looked at him, he recognised something in Simon straight away. And for that reason, he changed his name. And I think when all of us have been called, that was, I think, a first sort of calling you see there of Peter, the first interaction with Jesus. I think sometimes when we get our first calling, our first interaction, we don't really take it seriously. It doesn't really sink in. You know, when I first came to the church, it didn't really sink in for me. You know, I came here thinking, what can I get out of it? You know, what, how can I use Jesus to best serve me in my life? And how things have changed. 
keep dropping this pen today, don't I? I should just put it away. I think it would be fair to say, let's just go over that again, that Peter wasn't entirely blown away by this. But what I want to do is just use that really to set the scene. You know, later on, Jesus appears to Peter, and we're going to move forward here. We're going to move into the, the, the reading of Luke that I spoke about. If you could turn to Luke for me. I just want to fill you in a little bit about Peter. Peter was a fisherman who lived on the shores of Galilee. He would have been a, a rough and ready type of man. At this particular time, he most likely would have been in his mid-twenties, late-twenties to mid-thirties. And just to give you a, a visual, he, he most likely would have been dark in complexion from working outside so much. He also would have been a, a, a very strong man from from a very hard-working man, from working on them boats, from manoeuvring the boats, from catching the fish. They never had no mechanical devices in them days to pull all the fish in. It would have been a really strong, rugged, rough-and-ready man, a hard-working sort of guy, pulling in all them huge nets, doing all that he could to, to, to provide for his family and... Uh, his immediate family, because back in those days it would have been normal for many of the family to live in close proximity, quite close-knit. So that would have been, you know, the cousins, the uncles and the aunts. And in, indeed, a mother-in-law would have been there too. So you see, it's not only us, brothers and sisters, that, that, that face hardships. Many before us have gone through, through similar things. But what I'm trying to say to you today is that, that Peter was the type of guy that we can relate to. When I first started to read about Peter and understand his life and his journey, this character really spoke out to me. He was the sort of guy that would make mistakes. He loved the Lord, but he was just a rebellious sort of character. Many say that he could have been a fiery sort of character, that he would put his foot in situations. Uh, he put his foot in it, that he would make mistakes, that he would say things without thinking. So when I started to read about Peter's life, how could I not relate to that? So this really struck out to me. So then we move on to this second part of the scriptures here today, which talks about Jesus providing a miraculous catch of fish. And that's how I want to tie that in today with the miracles that go on in our own lives the miracles that we've seen go on in Darren's life today. And I just want to draw out a few points on how Peter's life can relate to our own. I'm going to read the scriptures through slowly and then I'll pull out what I need to as we go. One day Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, also known as the Sea of Galilee, with the people crowding around him, listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, also known as Peter, and asked him to pull out a little bit from the shore. Then he sat down and talked from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, 
put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. So Jesus, Jesus has come into Simon Peter's lifestyle. He's come into what Simon Peter knows best. Peter is the fisherman. Peter is regarded as the authority on the Sea of Galilee. He's not just a regular fisherman. This guy runs a, 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 a group of fishing boats. He's the governor. There's nothing that he doesn't know about fishing on the Sea of Galilee. And this is the first example we see here sometimes. When Jesus comes into your life, in situations where you think you are all-knowing, that you are all-understanding, that you have been there before, that you know how it's going to work out, because you've been there, because you are the authority on it. You're the one that's living that life. But yet Jesus comes into Peter's life, into that situation on that particular day, and he says to him, set down your nets. Now Simon Peter replies, as most of us would, we've been out fishing all night. This is the following morning. After fishing all night, Jesus approaches him at probably about first light or early morning the next day and tells him to do this. So you can imagine Peter saying, you what? I've been out all night fishing. We've been trying everywhere. We've tried every technique, every trick in the book to catch fish, and we haven't. But Jesus says to him, go back out there, cast your nets in this particular place, and... And that's what Peter does. He, first thing that he says, and I think this is key to our own walk, his first word that Peter replies is understanding who, where the power supply is. What is the power supply? He turns around and says, Master. I think that's a really key moment there in, in Peter's life. It's a key moment in Scripture. And for us, I think it's really key to really get to grips with understanding and believing that Jesus is the master in our life. I know that many of us have been raised and we're hardwired that master is not something we're used to. But I'm telling you this morning that that's something that I need to plead with you with, to get to grips with, to really research and look into. If you're not sure, ask someone, take it to prayer. Help understand that Jesus, Jesus is the master. Jesus, as we've sung earlier, is a powerful name. And the power is in the name of Jesus. This is something that I think here Peter starts to recognise by calling him master. You know, you think you've got a, a rough and ready, rugged fisherman who doesn't really bow down to anyone. And here we've got him saying master. Again, in that, there's a little flip side to it. He says, we've worked hard all night and we haven't caught anything. And then here again is a key point that I think we need to draw from. But because you say so. Again, so many times I've felt the Lord speaking to me in my life. And ten years down the line, I still make that mistake. And when it all fouls and falls, I can I can hear that moment when the Lord said to me, I don't want you going down there, or this is where you need to be. But because of who I am, and, and, and the things that I do, and the mistakes I make, and the failings that I, I succumb to each and every day, I still say these same words. But Lord, I've tried that, I've done that. But Peter here, obedience kicks in. The first one is understanding 
and recognising that Jesus is the power. What does that mean? It means that if you truly believe and you truly call out to Jesus and you hand over, you surrender that understanding over, that Jesus can be the power in your life. So encompassed in these few lines here is where I think we need to be going. We need to be first understanding that Jesus is master in our own lives. Secondly, we need to be saying, because you say so, I will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. How many times in your own life have you tried to fight against decisions that God has for you and plans that God has for you? And I've got to hold my hands up here. There's probably many that I've chose not to go against with as that I have gone against, uh, that I've gone with. But the ones that I do finally stop fighting against and I go with. When it all comes to pass and when it all closes up, I see that Jesus was right, God was right. My nets are full up. That God's way is the right way. That the way that Jesus instructs us to go is the way. And we're going to read it again. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. The blessing, it overflowed. Again, I can be witness to that, that when I'm obedient, when I'm trusting, when I hand it all over, when I surrender it all, without keeping a little tiny bit behind my back, when I say, Lord, I hand it over to you, the blessing overflows. It just pours out. And so they had to signal to others in their group, that the partners in the business, come, we need more boats. And they filled both boats, both boats so full that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees. And this is where I can really relate to, you know, because when Jesus comes into your life and he turns on the light, it's only then that we start to see what we're surrounded by. It's only then that we start to see the direction that we're going in is wrong. The filth that is in our life. The sin that we thought was normal at one time. And before I move on, I just want to encourage you. Sometimes in our lives and in our walk, when we feel most fearful, when we are most worried about sin that's in our lives, when we think that things are going wrong and that so many things need addressing, I think that that's sometimes when the blessing is most at its fault. I think when you're sitting comfortable and you're thinking everything is fine and the way that I'm going is perfect and nothing seems to be a problem at the moment, I think that's a worrying times for any believer, for any Christian. A lot of us, each week when we go through, we're concerned about issues, we think that we're failing and we're not hitting the target and we're not meeting God's standard. I know that that is a struggle at times and I know that some weeks that really wears us down, but I think that's a good place to be in. And Peter demonstrates that here because he falls at Jesus' knees because he realises the gravity of this situation. He realises how personal this miracle is, is to him. 
And sometimes in our own life, we are, God speaks to us and, 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 and show, reveals himself to us by performing miracles in our own lives that are very personal to us. You know, for many years, I struggled with addiction. And my mum my and dad are here today, and, and they would tell you firsthand what addiction can do to families and what it can do to lives and, and how it can send someone at one time who was doing so well into, into complete disaster. But there comes a point where you have to fall to your knees and you have to hand it all over to Jesus. And you come to realise what a sinful person you are. And how, how out of control your life is. For many of you, that won't be your story. But for me, that was. And Simon Peter here, he fell at his knees. He realised what a sinful man he was. Now, my story doesn't connect with that at all. Very different to Peter's life. But in his own circumstances, he realised what a sinful man he was. You know, it doesn't explain it here, but was they on the boat? Was he surrounded by thousands of fish? Were they, was he standing in that boat at that very time? Was he on the shore, surrounded by people? But it was right at that very moment that Peter just realised the third thing that we're talking about today. That he has to realise that he is a sinner. And that he needs a saviour. You see, when I came through my battles of addiction, <coughs> slightly turned around, the first thing that I had to realise was that I had a problem. That was the first thing. For many years, I, 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 I couldn't admit that. I tried every which way to live my, my life keeping that addiction. And many of us as believers try every which way. Me and... John sometimes, John Clark sometimes, and, and, and Rob as well, and, and Darren, we sometimes sort of talk about how we try to live our life, keeping our, our past life in somehow, but changing it around, working it out, repositioning it, so that we can hold on to part of that addiction. But that is the first thing in recovery, I believe, that you need to know. You need to realise that you are suffering. That there is a, a problem that needs to be dealt with. And although it's the third thing here, I think it's one of the things that we need to draw. So in my closing point, I just want to pull out those three things again and just highlight them to you. I think the first thing that we need to do is realise that Jesus is the master in our lives. Now many of you will be listening to that or hearing that today and not being able to put that into practice or not really understanding it. But it's quite simply, as we're singing that hymn today, that what a powerful name is Jesus. When you, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, and when you hand it all over, wholeheartedly, sincerely, and you call out Master, Jesus will act in your life. His desire is to work in your life. Secondly, when Jesus speaks to you and guides you, what are you going to say? 
Are you going to say, because you say so, I will do? Or are you going to go in your own direction and stick to your old life and your own plans? Well, I want to encourage you today. and I encourage you to do exactly what Peter said. Because you say so, I will. And then the third point that we see here today is when Simon Peter realised what a sinful man he was and how desperately that he needed a saviour. How desperately that he needed Jesus in his life to transform him. You know, many of us here today understand all of these three things. But I want to speak to anyone today that is maybe not understanding, who's not realising that, that God has a plan for you. I don't know what stage in your life that God is working at the moment. It may be the fact that someone has just brought you here today. And you can't work out how, how possibly could God have a plan for me. That my, the way that I live my life or the things that I do, how could God possibly be interested in me? But we see a character here, a man that was rough and ready, that said and done the wrong things, that denied Jesus three times, that at one point in his life, even after all these miracles and, and revelation had been shown to him, he still walked away from Jesus and went back to his life of fishing. But Jesus went and searched for him again and brought him back again. And I want to encourage you this morning that every time that you fall, every time that you fell, don't walk away and close the door. Every time that you make mistakes, keep on pushing, keep on facing in the right direction. Every time you fall over, get back up again and call out Master because you say, I will. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you for your words today. I want to thank you for your message, Father. I want to pray and ask that your words would be carried into the hearts and minds of everyone here today. I want to pray that you would touch the hearts and minds of every man, woman and child here today, Father. Jesus, just as you walked into the temple and turned up the tables, turned over the tables and corrected people and rebuked people. Father, I pray that you would work in each and every one of our lives, that you would turn over the tables, that you would correct us, that you would show us the errors of how our ways. And Lord, when we fail, I pray that as you demonstrated in your word through the life of Peter, that you would forgive us and allow us to return. Oh Lord, what we see there today, Father, is a man who is cut out like many of us here today. Just a normal, regular guy. But who eventually, through being obedient, through understanding that you are the master, through following your plan, although it be a rough ride, eventually came to be a great and wonderful man of God, who, great, who came to be a great evangelist, a great deliverer of the Gospels. Oh Lord, a foundation of your church, Father. This is the man that we see him, Father God, turning into. 
Oh Lord, I pray that every one of us that is here today, that is doubting our own journey, that is doubting and asking reasons, why, oh God, why? Why me? I can't work it out. And we walk away and go back to our old lives. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us, that you would teach us, and that you would reveal to us your master plan. Oh, Father, I just want to pray for everyone here today and thank you for everyone, Lord. I pray that you will continue to work in the lives of my brothers and sisters, Lord, and pray that you would speak to them today and forevermore. And I pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.